This episode of the Pedal Shift Project is brought to you by members of the Pedal Shift Society. If you like what you hear, you can help support the show at pedalshift.net slash society. Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Pedal Shift Project. The Pedal Shift Project is a series of conversations, thoughts, and experiments around the bike touring lifestyle. From tips and tricks to ideas on how to ride your ride, let's shrink the world by bike. Show notes and more are available at pedalshift.net slash 151, and you can email the show pedalshift at pedalshift.net or call the voicemail hotline 202-930-1109. You can check Pedalshift out on most of the socials as well. Hello, everybody from the edge of the polar vortex in Washington, D.C. I'm Tim Mooney, and this is episode number 151 of the Pedal Shift Project. Thanks so much for joining. I know so many of you are indoors right now for very good reason. If you are in the upper northwest, uh, excuse me, the upper midwest of the United States, holy moly, it is cold. I mean, I cannot believe it. I've got a trip scheduled for Chicago in a few weeks. And uh, wow, I'm really hoping it's not going to be like what it is right now there. If you are elsewhere in the world and you're not dealing with a polar vortex uh, chill right now, that is probably good for you. Crazy, crazy weather lately. I just did some biking today. Just my usual kind of errand run uh, for groceries and whatnot, and it, it, I was pretty layered up to be able to make it, and it was still kind of on the edge of comfort level. So if you're out there biking through the winter, my hat is off to you. You are awesome. Hey, we've got a really, really packed show. I've got a lot of things to sort of say thank you for. I've got a lot of things to tell you what's coming. There's even more things than where we last left or when we last left. Uh, first things first, I want to say big thank you, big shout outs to everybody who came out for Miles of Portraits, the events in both Northern Virginia at Tyson's and in D.C. Uh, last week. It was a ton of fun to meet listeners in real life, uh, share stories. Uh, it's the kind of thing that I would like to do more of. In fact, I'm hoping to do more in 2019. I'm trying to cook up and I've got, I think, a pretty good idea going on for one that's going to be happening sort of late spring, early summer, depending on what you count as spring. So more on that when it becomes less of a half-baked idea. <laughs> you could always check out upcoming events at the brand new spanking, brand spanking new, brand spanking new events page at Perhaps not shockingly, pedalship.net slash events. Go check that out there. There's always all the things that are upcoming are going to be there at pedalship.net slash events. Here's just a few of them uh, now that we've got the Miles of Portrait stuff in the rear view. By the way, they're going to be doing more events. I believe uh, as this pod drops, they'll have already done their final ones on the East Coast. But Annalisa and Eric are cooking up a West Coast uh, bunch of possibilities that are going to be happening a little bit later in the year. I'll make sure I mention that as we go along. But for here on the Pedal Shift Project, uh, we've got a bunch of things coming up. As you all know, we got the Cross Florida Tour, which is going to be coming up. I'm rolling my own route literally as I sit here. I'm a week away, basically, from getting started. Temperatures look like they're going to be in the upper 70s and low 80s, which sounds pretty good to me right now. Uh, this is the preview episode, so you'll hear much, much more about that. Um and we've got meetups and live shows that are coming up as well. We've got the Cross Florida Orlando meetup. That's going to be on Saturday, February 9th at a spot in Barley Row. Uh, that's going to be announced and the time will be announced. Uh, if you want to meet up, 
it will be made kind of public, but it's always good to get a bit of a headcount. Paddleshift.net slash Orlando. Shoot me your info and I will make sure that you're on the email list so that everybody's got the latest and greatest info. Looks like probably within a couple of days of this show going live, we'll nail down the time and the date. And well, the date's already nailed down, but the time and the locale. So Paddleshift.net slash Orlando for that. If you are in Florida or you want to go to Florida, I would recommend it. I'm doing it. <laughs> Battleshift Live is going to be Friday, February 22nd and 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It'll be the wrap-up show for the Cross Florida Tour. Takeaways, a whole lot more, the usual spiel, except it's going to be part of the live show. It'll end up being the podcast the following week, so if you can't make it to the live show, that's cool. No worries. Also, on top of that, we're going to be doing the AMA, the Ask Me Anything section as well. I've already had a few people email in questions in advance. That's awesome. You can do it anytime. You can do it now if you want. You can do it the day of, whatever works for you. If you're live in the chat room, which I would encourage you to do, you can ask me questions there as well. But if you can't make it or you'd prefer to do it by email, pedalshift at pedalshift.net. So that's going to be a lot of fun. One last little bit of housekeeping. Of course, we've got the podcast sponsor slots are available. You can check out more information on that. Pedalshift.net slash sponsor. Um, open to all sorts of different things. And uh, yeah, shoot me an email. There's a contact form there and everything as well. Little bit of follow up from past episodes. Uh, let's see. You may recall that we were uh, going through some of the uh, the, 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 the Apple podcast charts from countries, not my own <laughs> from outside the U S and there were folks from Australia. There were folks from uh, the UK. There were folks, uh, all sorts of things that I finally was able to see reviews from other countries. So Andy from orange, I said, I read his, his five-star review as I am want to do. And Andy actually emailed in and said, Hey, he still listens. Uh, he writes, hi, Tim. Thanks for the shout out in the latest episode. I am indeed still listening. Here are some picks from a recent tour of the New South Wales Midcoast in Australia. Keep up the good work, Andrew slash Andy from Orange. That was really great, and the pictures were really awesome. I need to get down there one of these days. I, I would love to. It's I guess this is less follow-up and more new news, but he, this is kind of a big deal, and I know many of you saw this because they've been rolling this out. Who is they? Well, this is the uh, Rails to Trails Conservancy, and they have put out a pretty bold plan is called the Great American Rail Trail, and they're looking at 4,000 miles of cycling car-free. And so it's a project that would link up existing trails. They're calling them gateway trails, the first ones that they've listed out. And it just so happens that they've created a nice little pathway across the United States, starting from right here where I sit in Washington, D.C., stretching all the way across the country to just outside of Seattle. But I suspect when they get this thing all figured out, uh, it will stretch from sea to shining sea, D.C. to Seattle, which would be really, really amazing. Uh, Just imagine traffic-free, cross-country the entire way. You can check it out. I've got a link in the show notes. It's uh, railstotrails.org slash great hyphen American hyphen rail hyphen trail. I think they actually have a URL for this, but go to the show notes, pedalshift.net slash 151, and you can uh, check it all out. It's a pretty bold initiative. This is such a big deal that we're going to be skipping the best of that I would normally have, the best of show when I do a back episode, basically. I do those usually at the top of the month. I'm going to skip that this this month because I've actually I, I got in touch with the folks over at the Rails to Trails Conservancy, and they're here in D.C., believe it or not. And I'm scheduled to have an interview with Kevin Mills, who is the senior VP of policy at the RTC. I'm really excited to chat with him about this. He is uh, he's very knowledgeable uh, about the entire 
the entire idea behind all of this. And that's kind of what it is at this point. It's it's an idea. Now, the infrastructure is there. They say in uh, the press release that they put out, and by the way, you can read that on their website, that 50% of the route is already sort of laid down by these gateway trails. And that's a pretty big deal. So we're, they're talking about 2,000 miles of the roughly 4,000. So all they need to do is basically kind of link these things together. And if you look at the trails that they've got, it's kind of exciting because you can see some other trails that are in between there that haven't been announced as part of these gateway trails. So look for the chat with Kevin Mills next week in your feed. Super exciting stuff. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this initiative because, uh, you know, it is a bold sort of moonshot kind of thing. But, you know, that's how these things get started with bold moonshot ideas. So we'll learn more about it in next week's episode number 152. All right. This episode, we are going to be opening up the journal and the journal is the part of the show where I talk about bicycle tours, whether they're yours or in this case, mine. And that is the preview for the Cross Florida Bike Tour. I'm, XFL is what uh, some folks call it. I, I'll, I'll spell it XFL. I'll say Cross Florida, I think, but in any event. I'm really, really excited about this, not the least of which is to, to get a winter tour in, which I've never really had an opportunity to do. Maybe kind of meteorologically, I, I did last year. I, was it still technically winter or had it been spring by that point in March? Eh, I'm not going to look at the calendar for that. Point is, is that, you know, I don't usually get to do a bike tour in the month of February, but I am this year. And I, I think that Florida was a natural spot for it. I, I, I looked at the possibility of going to Texas and a few other things, and I've talked about this on the show, but really Florida is a natural spot. It has as a state the bones to be a superior by touring state, and I'm taking advantage of as many of them as I can. Um, it's it's a really interesting kind of setup down there because you 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 hear conflicting things, and I've talked about this on the show about Florida, and, and frankly, the southern U.S. as well sort of has a little bit of a reputation that in some areas it's really good, in some areas it's really not so good. I am feeling more confident based on my research and folks I've talked to, the drivers on the secondary roads, which I'm mostly going to be on during this trip, are used to seeing people on bikes. Now, are they used to seeing people on little clown bikes that are orange? Who knows? <laughs> we'll have to see. The state has a, a really good website that marks the traffic volumes. And a lot of different states have these. A lot of their departments of transportations across the U.S. have these. I've been able to take a look at that and I've made some route adjustments either on bikes or excuse me, on roads that have um, better bike infrastructure or lower traffic roads that are long and straight, um, even where there aren't shoulders to speak of. And that's going to be coming in as I talk about uh, the route that I'm going to be going on. And I really want to give a shout out to Greg from Michigan. And yes, you may recall, I talk about the Michigan guys a lot. These are the uh, two guys that I met on the Katy Trail. Greg is one of them. And he actually gave me the information about the DOT site for Florida which really was helpful for not changing my route so much, but confirming that it was a good one. Um, so thanks for your thoughts and thanks for that DOT map, Greg. Um, he's got some cool, cool uh, 
tours coming up as well, he tells me. I've got a link in the show notes for that daily traffic usage map. It is a really na- – so many so many Department of Transportation maps uh, and URLs are – this is a long one. So I'm just going to have that link in the show notes for you if you are interested in planning a Florida trip of your own because it is pretty detailed and pretty helpful there. I also wanted to give a shout to Robert in Titusville, who, you know, Titusville, if you're not familiar, is on the Space Coast. And, you know, obviously he bikes in the area and he very nicely, I might say, questioned my sanity, I think, a little bit going, hey, you know that there's basically a coast to coast trail that goes through central Florida. Why aren't you taking that? And I think that the answer is sort of there's a long version and a short version. I'll try to give the the short version of this. A lot of it has to do with the order of of how this trip came to be, the bike that I chose, and the fact that this eventually ended up becoming more of a uh, point-to-point stay in hotels or Airbnbs type of a trip rather than a camping adventure. I think if I had started from scratch and I was looking at this more as a full-on, fully loaded touring ride with the, the the safari, with my larger, you know, kind of more formal touring bike, I may have considered that. Also, As I kind of broke this down as more of a Brompton setup, I was able to do this in three days, and I was kind of liking the compactness of the tour. But generally speaking, the route that I chose keeps me closer to larger towns in order to get better lodging options. And that really was the reason why I couldn't choose this route, because the the route that I chose is far further south and sort of parallels parallels I-4, if you're familiar with the interstate system down there. That's the main route through central Florida. Now, I'm not going to be on I-4, of course, but I'm going to be on a lot of roads that are paralleling it, and it's kind of the general direction I'll be going. The, uh, cross, uh, the coast-to-coast trail, which looks fantastic, goes through incredibly rural parts of the state and really aren't isn't very close to a lot of population centers between Tampa and Orlando. And that ended up being one of the issues for me. I I, I was sort of, I was interested, shall we say, in considering redoing my route from Tampa, uh, because I'm going to be going from Tampa to Kissimmee, as we'll talk about in a little bit, which is uh, basically a southern suburb of Orlando. But in the end, uh, when I looked at the very uh, arcing northern route, there was no way to have that route be a uh, setup for a non-camping tour based on what I was seeing. Now, I'm sure if I had looked at it a little bit more, it might have been a possibility. But when all was said and done, I think that the uh, the Brompton aspect of this tour, the non-camping aspect of this tour, it all kept pointing me towards staying mostly on roads. Now, I will be on at least one trail, and I'll be talking about that in a little bit. And so, uh, you know, I am going to be able to experience some of this. But to be honest, uh, you know, I think that that Coast to Coast Trail looks really good, even though there are some road components to it. I don't mind roads, of course. I, I I think that might be something for a future tour, uh, just in a different setup. It, it, it strikes me sitting here now that if I wanted to do the tour as kind of an in-to-in tour or credit card can, uh, credit card tour, however we want to call it, uh, on the Brompton, keeping it simple like that, this route wasn't going to be very favorable for that. So that is why I chose not to do it. Um, 
Sidebar, I'm unreasonably weirded out by Florida wildlife here and there. Uh, Even though I've camped in South Florida before and there was no issue, I also understand that a lot of people end up finding uh, critters that are strange to me as a Yankee (laughs) and a a northerner here in the United States uh, going down to Florida. I'm just not sure if if I was mentally prepared for that. I think I will be perhaps next year if I decide to do it. Anyways, that is the – I said that was going to be the short version. It feels like that was the long version of why I'm not doing the Coast to Coast Trail. I No disrespect to it. I'm looking forward to maybe doing it in a future one as well. Um, I mentioned, I think, on the announcement of this tour that the route that I chose was in part informed by a a group of riders on the Space Coast. Uh, It's a, a bicycling club on that eastern coast there. And that really informed days, I would say, two and three for me more. Now, they do it in two. They do two long days. I think they do two long days. I think there may even they may even do a crazy one day version. But in any event, I think the main trunk of them do it as a two day adventure. Um, and I, I that second day for them, they're going east to west. I'm going west to east. They uh, they follow, I think, the trail system that Robert speaks of. So for me, the uh, the, the, the setup that I did looked at other routes that were done by other folks and I think that what I've basically done is I've cobbled together a pretty nice, eh, pretty nice three-day route uh, between Tampa and Cocoa Beach. So why don't we talk about it? And we'll talk about this in order, too. Um, starting off with day one, I'll be flying in first thing in the morning. Uh, I am not a morning person, as you all know, and I am not looking forward to getting up at zero dark 30, but I will, and I will have all of my stuff pulled together, and I will be taking a lift or rideshare to the airport here in D.C. Uh, I talked about this on the past show about riding your bike to the airport just too early in the morning, just too many moving parts for me to do it, especially with a flight that leaves. I believe it leaves at 7 a.m. So I'd like to get there at 6 a.m. and all of the various planning things that I do. Uh, I talked about that on that uh, episode. I think it was a couple episodes ago. So go check that out if you haven't heard it. Um I am going to be flying down there. It is a direct flight. I do have, I think I mentioned this, I'm going to be flying Southwest Airlines, which is sort of my, if I'm flying with a Brompton, it's either, it's 1A and 1B between them and Alaska. Uh, In fact, if you're a Brompton person in the States, most Brompton folks tend to prefer Southwest Airlines. And I, I can't quibble with that. I think that the best way to do Southwest with a Brompton, if you're intending to bring it in and putting it over the, in the overhead component, overhead carrier, I should say, is to get the early bird boarding, which I did. It costs you extra, but then I don't have to stress about it. I know I'm going to be in the A group. If you're not familiar with Southwest Airlines, they're different. You don't get an, a seat assigned to you. You get sort of a spot in line assigned to you. So if you're up towards the front of the line, which you can pay extra for and make sure you are, uh, then great. It's much more likely that you're going to be able to get a seat that you like, but more importantly for me, I'm going to be able to put my bike in the overhead and not have to fight for space. That's the big thing for me. So I'm going to be undercaffeinated at that point probably and very excited to get on the plane, get the thing in the overhead, and boom, fly to Tampa. It's only a couple hour flight. I think I'll be down there in the 10 o'clock hour, which gives me plenty of day. Now, I did schedule and really geography scheduled this more than anything else uh, about a 40 mile ride that day interesting part about the geography if you're taking the kind of more southerly route but really going between tampa and central florida uh, is that 
things get really, really quiet after Lakeland between and look at a map for where Lakeland is. It's about 40 miles, <laughs> 40 miles east of Tampa. Uh, you're there's just not a lot between there and the greater Orlando area. Uh, in term from a, in a biking distance perspective, so it would have been an incredibly long day to get towards the outer bands of Orlando, or I do a shorter day and go to Lakeland. And since you know, I'm not exactly. I last time I've done any bike touring riding of note really was several months ago. Eh, probably a good idea that it's a shorter day, about 40 miles or so. Um, so I'm going to be taking a lift from the airport because uh, the Tampa airport just looks really complicated to bike out of. If you're down in that area and no otherwise, let me know. But I, it just it looks a little highway-y to use a word that does not exist in the English language. But I'm going to be grabbing a rideshare probably from there to a place called Cypress Point Park. And that is right on Old Tampa Bay, which means that I'll have a body of water that I can go up to. And should I choose to dip the tire, I'm I'm not that much of a completist, but I may uh, at least be able to see the water. And that's important. And that'll be the beginning. And it's about a 40-mile ride to uh, the city. I guess we'll call it a city of Lakeland, Florida. Looks like a really nice place. I've never been there before. I've got an Airbnb there. Super excited about that. Um, and yet, it should not be a very difficult ride. I think that it, the nice thing about Google Maps is that I've been able to eyeball my route out of the city of Tampa. And I found where there are some kind of I don't want to say dodgier, but more complicated interchanges that I have to deal with. Uh, you know, going underneath some of the large freeway overpasses can sometimes be a little bit difficult. But for the most part, I'll say uh, that area is pretty good in terms of bike lanes and sidewalks, even if it's a bit of a maze. Getting out of town is not a big deal. I've got everything in my Ride with GPS uh, mapping system, and I'll share that route, I think, more after the fact when I do the uh, podcasts that are a part of uh, this tour that, you know, basically Tour Journals Volume 13. And those will be uh, over the course of not next week, but the week after and the week after that, you'll get to see the routing a little bit more specifically there. So it will be a relatively easy day. It's going to be a short day. Uh, it's relatively flat as most of Florida is in this part. Other parts of Florida are... Eh, I Sneaky hilly is basically how I would say it. My route, pretty flat. Um, that doesn't mean that I won't be pedaling a lot, obviously. I will be, but it'll be uh, no no shakes, no no uh, big sur type of <laughs> um, uh, hills that I'll have to be tackling on this. So there I am in Lakeland, Florida. I get to have a nice sleep. Um, I've already kind of scoped out a few places where I'm probably going to eat, um, and it should be a pretty good uh, pretty good way to kick off the day. I'll probably get up as early as possible on day two. Number one, I don't think it's going to be very chilly in the morning. Now, by Floridian standards, they may consider it a little bit chilly. It'll probably be in the 50s. Um, for me, that's a lot better than what I've got right now. So I'll be starting out from Lakeland, and I'll be going to Kissimmee, which is uh, – you may probably have heard of Kissimmee if you would have ever stayed at off-site hotels and have gone to Disney World because it is sort of in that area. It's close-ish to the Walt Disney World, the greater Walt Disney World megaplex there. And um, it's also a great place to get an inexpensive hotel, which is where I'll be going. Um, it's got a really interesting ride pattern to it. Getting out of Lakeland looks like it's going to be just fantastic. These big, beautiful lakes that I'll be uh, cycling by, and there's just excellent infrastructure of lanes and trails. 
that get me, I think, basically the first 20 or 30 miles or so uh, going by a, a college campus as well. So the infrastructure is just fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to doing that part of it as well. Then all of a sudden, things get super rural, as I talked about before. There is a large gap between the, say, northwestern side of Lakeland and getting to Kissimmee at all. But the nice thing is, is that there's this very rural road that connects them. While it doesn't have a shoulder, it's really low trafficked, as I've seen. And it looks like that it's part of uh, what a lot of long-distance cyclists do and cycling clubs use in that area. So that's good. There is one really dodgy area, and it is right towards the end, only a few miles left. And it's interesting, the um, the the area is in an area called uh, Point Siena. And it's actually the southernmost terminal of the Sun Rail, uh, which is the light rail for basically the Orlando area. Now, the nice thing is, is that uh, in that dodgy area, there is there's an option for a mini fast forward. I could take the Sun Rail and get away from this dodgy area. And uh, it doesn't save me really any time. Uh, in fact, it probably would cost me time. But the the alternative is... And it's literally less than a mile. It's about three quarters of a mile or so where it is a pretty busy road. There's no shoulder. And although it is two lanes, it's a 55 mile per hour road and there's no sidewalk. It hasn't been completed yet down to that area, which is really interesting. You would think that they would want to complete that sidewalk all the way down there, but they didn't. Uh, at least uh, as of recently, as according to the Google Maps that I'm seeing. Now, maybe I'll be lucky and I, this year-old uh, gap it has been filled in. Who knows? We'll see. If it is uh, something that I want to tackle, one thought that I had is that I could just walk the bike on the grass margins, like to the right of the road, and it's only three quarters of a mile. It's not very long, and just end up at the sidewalk, and boom, I'm gone, and it's all good. Um, it would be obviously slower, but if things are timed right, and I want to take the light rail, you know, maybe that's an option for me too. We'll see how that all ends up going. But uh, before that, I uh, just I kind of I kind of uh, skipped that big rural part. But outside of a city called Pol- Polk City. It's super, 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 super quiet. So I'm going to have to really make sure that I've got all of my food and water with me. Uh, Highs on these days could be in the lower 80s with full sun. So I need to be prepared. This is going to be really interesting because it's a lot of road riding with very few amenities on the way. So preparation is going to be really key on day two. And as we'll talk about a little bit more in day three as well. So I'm, I think that day two starts off with a bang. It starts off with great infrastructure and really fun looking ride. Then it gets super rural and I'll need to be really prepared for water, hydration, etc. And then it's right at the end, right in the outskirts of Kissimmee where things could get a little bit, okay, how do I feel about this road? How do I feel about the traffic? What's going on right now? And I've got a few options and I'll play it by ear. And of course, you'll hear about it on the tour journal as well. So that night, I'm hoping to maybe enjoy a little bit of what uh, the Orlando area has to offer. I may or may not go to uh, some Disney property. It could possibly be there. It really just depends on what time I get there and how I'm feeling. The area that I'm going to be staying at is no real shakes. It's kind of 
busy Kissimmee. And yeah, there's just not a lot going on there, but we'll see. We'll see how I feel. We'll see how motivated I am. It is an option if I would like to go just to kind of make sure that I got the bike in a good, safe place in the hotel, and then I can go off and maybe enjoy the evening. The next day, oh, by the way, that's a 50-mile day. So we did 40 miles day one, 50 miles day two. Day three. Day three is, I think, going to be the most challenging day of them all. Not necessarily because the bicycling is all that difficult. It's just that it's the longest day. And I may run into a little bit of weather based on some forecasts that that are coming out. It may be the chilliest day. I'll throw some scare quotes around that. It's probably only going to be in the 60s. Of course, we're a week out, so all of this is subject to change. We'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, that might be the day that I'll need to pack my raincoat for. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. I'm going to be going from Kissimmee all the way to Cocoa Beach. The, 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 the Kissimmee area is not nearly as good as the Lakeland area from what I can tell in terms of infrastructure. So there's a lot of sidewalks though. I'll be doing a lot of sidewalk riding. It, it seems like in some of the areas, but all of the sudden, once you get through the town to the immediate East of there, which is St. Cloud, they're often kind of paired together. They're sort of like twin cities, uh, for lack of a better, at least their their marketing strikes me as that. Get through St. Cloud. But right before I leave St. Cloud, I have got to be really careful and make sure that I've got all the water that I think I'm going to need, all the food that I think I'm going to need, because there is literally nothing for the next 32 miles. I am not used to riding routes where there is that length of time on roads where there's a whole lot of nothing. So... Because I'm not going to be carrying camping gear and I'm not not going to be carrying a stove or any of those other things, it, it, it's a different mindset for me to make sure that I've got, I don't know, the bars or the, the water bottles and, you know, making sure that I'm carrying plenty of water and all of that in a time that I'm not usually thinking about that. If it's summer and I'm on the CNO and I've got a 30-mile gap, which is totally normal, uh, you know, I, I, I'm I more used to it. But I'm on the Brompton. I'm not going to be carrying these big panniers. I'm not going to have kind of the same storage situations. So I'm going to have to be a little bit more mindful of that. And I'll be assessing that as I'm sitting there in St. Cloud at the final gas station before things get super rural. Uh, it's this uh, beautiful road that just kind of cuts through it's not even a swampy area. It's just sort of like a grassy area that there's just a whole bunch of nothing, a whole bunch of nothing until you really get to the coast. There's just not much there. So uh, when I do get out there, I'm going to be merging with a, a relatively major road, uh, State Route 520. If you're from the area or know the area, you know it. Uh, that's the main route that gets you out to Cocoa Beach. Once I hook up with that, then there's like a gas station or something like that. So if I'm out of supplies or I need water or I need to cool down or something, you know, I've got the option there. But I'm almost to the end at that point. Um, The 520 is busy, but it's got a really nice wide shoulder, which is great. Um, There is a bridge that goes over basically, I think it's the Indian River which is the first body of water that you'll be going through. It's basically the uh, East Coast intercoastal route if you're a boater at all. Then yeah, you may have heard of that. So anyways, uh, it's a series of bridges that basically kind of hop you over to, I think, Merritt Island. There's a, there's causeways, and all of a sudden the causeways have both bike lanes and uh, sidewalks. They're meant for bikers to be on. People do it all the time. So infrastructure comes up really, really good at the end of my day there. And then literally I will be turning off of the route 
almost immediately upon landing in Cocoa Beach because uh, I'm going to be staying at the marina there. I'm, I've got an Airbnb that's I'm staying on a boat. So <laughs> that should be pretty cool. I'm excited about that. And uh, then, you know, Cocoa Beach has got a whole bunch of different things. It's got the Ron John Surf Shop. It's a super famous surf shop. Uh, obviously, I've got the Atlantic Ocean right there. So I'm definitely intending to make sure that I ride all the way to the ocean so I get the full Tampa Bay to Atlantic Ocean completion for this tour. This is all really exciting. And of course, you know, I've just spent the better part of the last half hour kind of talking about it, uh, this route. I think that there are challenges. I think that my biggest challenge is going to be battling the traffic and battling the varying degrees of infrastructure and the fact that I've never done this before. I think that I tend to find a little more comfort when I am riding a route that I've ridden before. But I think this is going to work out okay. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I wanted to talk a little bit about what I'm bringing. And this is still kind of a work in progress. I'm sitting here about a week out. And I, I, I got a good idea of what's going on, but not a full idea because the weather is definitely a part of it. Right now in Florida, as I'm sitting in the polar vortex <laughs> up north, it's much cooler. I would have to bring an entirely different set of uh, of clothing gear to be able to cycle through what Florida is throwing at people right now. Next week, it doesn't look like it's going to be that bad. So I'm going to be going with the concept of what the weather forecasts are going to be, that it's going to be dry mostly and with lows in the eh, mid to upper 50s and highs for at least a couple of days in the low 80s. So I need to be prepared for cool weather and then warm to almost hot weather especially with the sun exposure. So I'm going to be bringing a set of clothes that I'm going to call town clothes, basically. I'm going to have a, a, a pair of jeans. I'm going to have basically something that looks normal, well, at least by my standards, for walking around town. That's going to end up in the pannier on the front. I'm also going to be bringing two sets of pants that will be going along with me. One is a waterproof set of uh, black pants. And then the other is a set of convertible pants that gives me a shorts option. It's probably overpacking. That's three bottom layers that I would be having. But they give me three different ways of, well, really four, of kind of existing. I may or may not do all of these, but at this point... Uh, when I do my full pack, I'm going to have all of this together. If I can pack everything in there and it feels comfortable, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to have a long sleeve top and a short sleeve top. Uh, my merino wool sweater, a puffy vest for the mornings probably, because I think at least a few of the mornings are going to be a little bit on the chilly side. The rain jacket, because it does look like I need to be prepared for at least some showers. Arm shades for working with the short sleeve top, because there are going to be some full Sundays in the 80s at times. Got to be ready for that. Hat, helmet course. A couple of uh, pairs of socks. Uh, I'm going to be bringing a set of trail shoes that I just got over the holidays that I'm really, really happy with. They're very comfortable. They're really good for bicycling in. I've been doing it over the winter like that. Of course, going to be bringing the underwear. Don't want to go commando on this trip. Uh, Probably about three pairs of those. Bandanas, my usual. Now we're getting to kind of the usual stuff. And bike lights, although I don't intend to ride in the dark. I got to be prepared for it. It's winter and you just never know if I get a flat or something like that. I may run out of daylight, so I've got to have that just for a safety per, uh, perspective. In terms of how I'm going to be transporting everything, I'm going to be using the large duffel for the 
clothes and non-bike things. That's going to get checked. So everything will go in there, including the pannier. I'm going to bring a collapsible grocery bag because uh, I think I'm going to bring my uh, laptop with me just to have. Um, that'll come on the plane with me along with the uh, uh, the bike, of course. And everything will get packed except for basically what I bring in that little collapsible grocery bag. And the reason why I'm bringing that rather than a backpack is that it just folds up much smaller. I mean, it's next to nothing when all is said and done. It's not going to be super useful, but at least I'll have something to carry the laptop in. Um, so I'll have stealth mode for the Brompton. We have talked about this before. I've got a cover for it so that basically I can kind of just roll it through with the, the cover on it. It's, you know, I've talked about getting the bike through security before. I'll talk much more about it, of course, in the tour journal because it's a major part of really moving things around. Um, so that's basically the the bag situation that I'll have. Um, I'm going to be bringing one battery with me. I, I'm going to be able to plug in every night, so I, I don't think I need anything really burly. Uh, I'll bring my chargers, my iPhone, and like I said, I'm probably going to bring my laptop. Again, I'm going to have everything out, and if I can't reasonably carry all of this in the one Ortlieb uh, uh, back roller that hangs on the front luggage rack, which you've all seen. Hopefully, you've gone to the YouTube and seen the videos of of how I do the Brompton these days. Uh, you know, if I can't fit it, I won't bring it because that's the one thing that can be jettisoned. But it'll be nice to have and can give me some opportunities to do some work in the evenings as necessary. So. <laughs> I feel like that was a giant brain dump of everything that I've kind of got planned. I feel like that this route is pretty much set in stone. There's a couple of aberration possibilities depending on on traffic situations and whatnot, but I don't think I'm going to deviate from this plan. I think this is fairly locked in. Of course, I've got my iPhone with me and very likely would have a signal almost anywhere that I would go. Uh, some of the really rural areas, maybe it'd be a bit dodgy to get a cell phone signal, but it's so flat in this part of Florida that I would think that a cell phone tower even miles and miles away would have a direct line of sight signal. So I, I may have a weak signal, but I expect to have a signal the whole way. So if something goes south for me, I can figure stuff out. I, I'm not too concerned about that. Uh yeah, and then <laughs> then then once I'm done with the tour, well, we've got the meetup. I've talked about that. Uh, make sure you, if you're interested and you're in Florida, especially the Orlando area, pedalshift.net slash Orlando, uh, going to be looking to uh, hang out in the Barley Row area north of downtown Orlando. More details on that would be coming for me if you sign up for it. Um, I'll also put that up uh, on the website at uh, pedalshift.net slash events once we got it all nailed down, too. I don't know. I'm kind of excited about it. Um, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm going to be getting, I have a, I'm, I should mention just to kind of put a final coda on all of this. I'm going to rent a car from Cocoa Beach so that I've got that basically for the next day. Uh, and the only reason why I'm doing that rather than using transit is that it gives me more flexibility for A, getting from Cocoa Beach back to Orlando, B, getting to where I need to go to uh, for the meetup, and C, a ride to the airport. When you add up all of these things separately and do it with, you know, ride share or with, uh, oh, any of a variety of different things, it's way more expensive to do a non-car rental option. I think that's a backwards way of saying it. It's much cheaper for me to rent a car (laughs) one way from Cocoa Beach to Orlando Airport, so. That is what I'm going to be doing, so that will make my Saturday uh, all the much easier. That's my final day in Florida. Really excited to do the meetup and everything there. So, huh, that's it. <laughs> that is the Cross Florida Tour. I, I 
it, notice that I cross a lot of states by bicycle, and I this was never, necess- never necessarily a thing, but, you know, New York State, I've largely crossed by bicycle. I'm missing a little piece there, but I would like to complete that at some point with the Erie Canal route. I crossed uh, the Kitty Trail, Missouri, crossed it by bicycle. I'll be crossing, granted, a skinny part, but I'm crossing the state of Florida. So these are the types of fun things that are possible by bicycle. And uh, I'm looking for other opportunities for that down the line as well. There's a couple of other trails that are, have caught my eye for crossing states. So yeah, I may, I might be looking towards that uh, for a future as well. In any event, I'm really excited, as always, to take you along for the ride. Pedal Shift Journals, uh, Tour Journals, Volume 13. Boy, you would think that I would know these things off the top of my head. Pedal Shift Tour Journals, Volume 13, Cross Florida, will kick off in two weeks. It will be uh, the first two episodes of uh, February. And then, of course, as I mentioned before, we'll be doing the live wrap-up show on the 22nd, which will end up be, uh, being rebroadcast as a podcast the following week. Lots of great things coming from this tour. I'm really excited to take you along, as always. So uh, if you oh, – if you one more thing. If you would like to follow along sort of in real time, I will be doing the usual social media barrage. It's probably going to centerpiece around Instagram. So if you're not following Pedal Shift on Instagram, I invite you to do that now. And also, I'll be doing maybe some stories, some tweets, and uh, some Facebook stuff. A lot of that ends up getting fed out of Instagram anyways, but uh, every once in a while I get chatty, especially if I have a beer or two on Twitter, so you may want to follow along for that. Okay, so that is it. Looking forward to sharing more of the Cross Florida Tour with you. As always, we like to close out the show with a special shout out to the Pedal Shift Society. Because of support from listeners like you, Pedal Shift is a weekly bicycle touring podcast with a global community, expanding into live shows and covering new tours like my upcoming XFL trip this winter. If you like what you hear, you can support the show for five bucks, two bucks, or even a buck a month. And there's one shot in annual options if you're not into the small monthly thing. Check it all out at pedalshift.net slash society. On to the society. Kimberly Wilson, Caleb Jenkinson, Cameron Lane, Andrew McGregor, Michael Hart, Keith Nagel, Brock Dittis, Thomas Skadow, Marco Loeb, Terrence Manson, Noah Schroer, Harry Telgatis, Chris Barron, Mark Van Ram, Brad Hipwell, Stuart Bucket, Todd Stutz, Mr. T, Nathan Poulton, Roxy Arning, Stephen Dickerson, Vince LaGreco, Paul Culbertson, Scott Culbertson, Cody Florchinger, Tom Beninati, Greg Braithwaite, John Mayer, Richard Patch, Mark Messer, Jeff Muster, Seth Pollock, Dave Roll, Joseph Quinn, Susan Brewster, Drew Porter, Byron Patterson, Joachim Robber, Ray Jackson, Jeff Fry, Kenny Mikey, Lisa Hart, John Denkler, and new to the society, Steve Hankel, and thanks also to all past and anonymous contributors for making this show happen. Thank you for joining. You can find Pedal Shift at pedalshift.net for more great bicycle touring content. You can hear the Pedal Shift project through Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. Opening music courtesy of Jason Kent off his self-titled album. The track is called America. Check out his band Sunfield's latest release, Mono Mono, wherever cool music is available. 